This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5. In 1280 The Zone, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Gordon, Jake, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to report, but this signature on this ball has driven Austin to the <laughs> brink of insanity. Uh, if someone could please help us, please do. We're begging you. Help us out here. Help us figure it out. For those of you who missed it, Jake's friend has a ball that was signed by John Stockton and Carl Malone and someone else. And he uh, sent out a picture of the ball, and we're all trying to figure out whose signature it is. And it's one of those mysteries that once it gets inside your head, you just – you've spent the whole show trying to find it out, right, Austin? Uh, yeah, and I'm going to – this is my life's mission this is what I'm doing with the rest of my breathing days, is I will find and hunt down whoever signed this and teach them proper penmanship. Austin, by the way, uh, it, it, you know, Austin's gone down some rabbit holes. He's, he's, he's got some theories. He's, he's firmly thinking that it's Maurice Williams. Yeah, sure, I'll explain why. Uh, it's yeah, real yeah, easy. Sure. It's real simple. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone, uh, if you're driving, uh, maybe pull over because you're about to get a migraine. Uh, and maybe have an aneurysm as I explain this. Maurice Williams, uh, Mo Williams, played at Alabama, was drafted by the Jazz 25th overall in 2003. He wore the number 25 in college at Alabama. You'll see it in street graffiti from time to time, the imaginary number 5i in mathematics, the square root of which is minus 25 or negative 25, his number both in college and I believe the number of his draft pick. Your friend took this ball years later uh, back to another Junior Jazz event, had Mo Williams sign it, and forgot about it. Okay. All right. Okay, there's... there's I need help. There's just a couple of problems. Uh, one is that first name, that does not look like an R. It looks like an L, right? Uh, you mean the M-A-L? It could be a capital R. And there's a dot in there above where an I would be, Maurice. Right, 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 right. But then see on the bottom signature, the, the first what appears to be an L, there's a random strike yes. going down from that. Yeah, so what is that? that? <laughs> oh, I hadn't even noticed the random yeah. strike. Oh, you're yeah, not trying. Wow. Yeah. Have, <laughs> have Put some heart into this. <laughs> what, what does that make I it into? I haven't blinked in over an hour. What does that make it into a, a Q? <laughs> Oh man, is could this what be, taking acid feels like? Wait, could, that, that, could that be? Could that be a Y? It could be literally anything. Could could that be a one? An accent agu? A one before the five one? Could it be a scripture? Oh, <laughs> oh wow! I didn't think of that. I'll be back. Oh jeez, here Give we go. Give me the encyclopedia. <laughs> so if you, where's if you my intern? Hel- if you can help Austin, please solve this mystery for him. And 
And if anybody knows, recognizes that, uh, please confirm it for us by calling the individual and letting us know because it's that important. It is. It is. It is become. <laughs> I'll give you my personal cell at some point here. I don't... <laughs> it's, it's become that important. It, it certainly has. So help us out at Jake Scott's Zone. Hey, Gordon, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Aggies now have, have lost a couple of consecutive games, including to UNLV, who they probably have no business losing to last night, 59-56. Um, uh, Craig Smith joined us uh, be- right before this, uh, this current slide began, and I'm just wondering, are we the reason that uh, this state is, <laughs> is going from two tournament teams down to one in a hurry? Well, I need, <laughs> I need to be blamed for a lot of things. But really, this uh, do we do we have that kind of cursing power? We might, we might, because they they shouldn't be losing to UNLV. The team that was smashing everybody shouldn't be losing to UNLV. I have a theory uh, about this as well. Oh, you do? I don't think it's that you cursed him. I think he cursed himself with this shot at Scotty hey, I G. Tell you, it feels so good to talk to you guys. I'm not having to be bogged down by talking to Scotty Gerard. <laughs> He cursed himself. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. it's the broadcaster's curse. You don't, uh, you don't mess with Scotty G. That's true. Many have figured that one He's out. He's an executive. <laughs> <laughs> He's very important. He lives on the bountiful bench these days. Well, you're right. Uh, they'll never return a request again for. Oh, for hold on them a second. On this show. Right. That was just a joke. He was joking. He was playing playful. It was. It was like one of those reverse compliments with a, an insult that guys often do. You don't, you, know, you don't, you don't with say the cosmics. that. No, but you don't say that about somebody that you don't like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I don't know, Gordon. There, there's been multiple incidents lately <laughs> where where uh, some people are being serious and other people don't think they're being serious, <laughs> and th- there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that lately. But no, I'm with you. I think I think coach uh, was being fairly playful in this in this circumstance and it was nice of him to join us. I thought it was a pretty good convo, but I think I think <laughs> we'll never see him again. It it might be our fault. <laughs> so what do we do? Say we're sorry? I don't know. How do you undo uh, a sports jinx? Anybody have any theories out there? <laughs> Austin do you have, uh, you know, is there some sort of anecdote? Is there is there some sort of way to solve this? Um, I would go to uh, the, the uh, local poem reader, and then whatever they say, believe the opposite. See, you're asking the wrong person here, because if Austin knew how to get rid of bad luck, he would have gotten rid of his own. <laughs> A I long thought he might have time ago. But see, that's why I was asking him. I thought he might he might have he might be enlightened in this regard because he has tried numerous things, you know, has educated himself in that regard. Yeah. Well, whatever he's doing isn't working. So I think we do well, the opposite of what Austin has done. I, I don't know, but this happens to teams sometimes. And it happens to good teams. It's just that how much how much of it can you afford without it it uh running you right out right. of opportunity. Well, unfortunately, in the in the Mountain West this year, I think they're going to need to right the ship pretty quickly. And uh, then, you know, they're just putting more pressure on them. They're, they're going to have to beat Boise later this year. Yeah. Sorry, Craig. It's our fault. Apologies. But, but yeah, I was hoping we— I, I still I was, think— I, 
I still think the Aggies are a, a good team, and this is just this is more an anomaly than it is uh, a, a real indication of what this team is capable of. I just, you know, I I want to see college basketball get back to the level of popularity where it once was, because I, I don't think it's been that for a while. And I, I had some optimism, or have some optimism, I shouldn't say had. This is not a, a past tense opinion. Uh, I think with Craig and the enthusiasm he's he's bringing up there in Logan to, to Utah State and what Mark Pope is doing uh, at BYU, those those two situations specifically, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, you know, Utah might need to adjust what they're doing. We'll, we'll see how it goes in the future for them. But I'd like to see... Uh, you know, it back to the days when when there were a couple three teams coming out of the state every year to go to the the NCAA tournament. You think this is a bad year to for, for to expect that, or is it even a better year because of the whole COVID situation and how people seem to be bumming a little bit because of the difficulty with that? And so, are they more likely to be enthused by a, a quality team or less likely? I imagine it's the same because you're, you know, you're still fans of the team. You're just consuming it differently. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not there in person and in large numbers. I mean, I wonder because like LA has had two championship teams uh, this last year, and with much fewer people being able to be physically involved in it, I wonder if it's been less than less than most years. I I don't know the answer to that question. Because if you're a real big-time fan of a team and you're going through these difficulties that the world seems is going through right now, uh, that might that may be a nice pick-me-up. You know? yeah, I, I mean, th- I know it's not that important, but it's it's at least something that you can glom onto. Well, yeah, I, I think the, the Jazz playing the way that they're playing right now I think is is good for people's spirits. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the, the the legislature pass a resolution about Donovan Mitchell today. Yeah, what exactly did they do? Was it uh, was it goofy or was it uh, clever? Um, well, you could probably interpret it as as both. But I didn't read I, the I, resolution. I honest, did you? Yeah, I, I read it. You know, they had what took it, what was the, they took some jabs at Shaq, and it was it was lighthearted. Let me put it that way. Um, but it, you know. I, I think people look to sports I really do for for a distraction. That's something that uh, that I believe, or something that they can enjoy, and and take a break from some things that are stressing uh, people out. And I think there's a lot that are, is stressing people out these days. So, I, I think the you know having some enthusiasm for the sports team uh, I think is nothing but positive. Speaking of uh, Shaq, he he doubled down on his uh, initial. Sort of uh, jab at, at uh, Donovan Mitchell with uh, I think I mentioned this uh, toward the end of his show yesterday, but he tweeted out some pictures of some of the great guards that he has played with through the years and said, "I know what great looks like. This is it." Wasn't it um, just Penny Hardaway? I was told that there were other pictures that were, that were involved as well, but I don't know if that's true. But uh, anyway, point was he was trying. He was he was sticking with his original idea that donovan mitchell is not what uh not where he needs to be and he's 24 years old so i think it's uh i don't know what shaq's doing uh you know i don't know what he's doing Uh, what's his purpose in doing this i'll tell you one thing it is it's 
there's been backlash and in a good way for the jazz there've been an awful lot of people who have who have stuck up for Donovan Mitchell and the jazz are getting a lot of run out of this so in some ways it's it's helping get the word out people paying closer attention to the Utah Jazz right now so it's it's actually working in their favor i think, I think but she- but but the weird thing about that is should it take uh, a guy like Shaq to criticize somebody on the Jazz, or two guys, I guess it's been so far, in order for people to turn their attention to the Jazz? It seems – I'm not one of these guys that gets into the whole thing of, uh, you know, the, the national media. They they don't treat the Jazz with enough respect and all that stuff. But, but uh, you know, it is kind of funny that – that that caused an awful lot of attention to come to Jazz's way when they're in the middle of an eight-game win streak. Well, I, I mean, that happens with everything those guys, every controversy those guys start, right? I mean, Charles Barkley does that all the time. Uh, you know, all of a sudden he, he and Kevin Durant are going back and forth, and Kevin Durant says, I don't know why anybody listens to this clown, and all of a sudden it's about <laughs> anything but basketball. It's because we love the soap opera of sport. Yeah, and we love the side storylines, and and we love that stuff. It's it's a television show, and actually, you know, NBA on TV, TNT is a great television show, and uh, those personalities are a big reason why it's it's so successful. So, um, you know, you can say, well, shouldn't uh, everybody be paying attention to the Jazz because they're playing really well right now? Uh, yeah, sure, but you know, it's the other stuff that often grabs the headlines, whether you like it or not. And, you know, we don't we know this. We don't get a whole lot of attention in this market. We never have with John and Carl. I mean, were there ever two less popular legends of all time? Less popular. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. But they certainly were considered among the best. That's but that's my point of of all those these NBA players that are considered among the best. Have there been two that have been more like Carl was hated everywhere but here, and John everybody said yeah he's really good but never like, I mean he wasn't leading Sports Center you know what I mean he he had one commercial his entire career, and the only commercials Carl could get were for offbeat products that were desperate for attention. (laughs) What were like, those shoes like you wore with game. the lights on them? Oh, catapults. L- L.A. Or L.A. Gear, yeah. Gear. Is that what it was? L.A. Gear, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, this market it just doesn't command the attention like others do. And maybe that'll change with, with Donovan Mitchell, who's who's such a splashy player and so fun to watch. I mean, John and Carl weren't splashy. Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer weren't real splashy. Donovan's got some showmen there that, that maybe will, will change it a little bit, but... Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we here in Utah just don't get a lot of attention. This is one of those ongoing battles between big market glamour franchises and uh, teams that are uh, uh, more modestly sized. I'm not sure I agree with you on that completely, Jake. I, I think John and Carl got a whole lot of attention. They they got a whole lot of attention. Okay, and uh, a whole attention, lot of but but popularity. That's that's the word I'm using. Not a, not intention, but but popularity. But neither one of them had the kind of game that really stood out to people. The casual fan that wanted to be wowed by something. I mean, Carl would put down a hefty dunk now and again, but he, he was more a plow horse than he was a thoroughbred. And uh, and John, we we know what he was about. 
And that's not going to get you, it's not going to get a bunch of oohs and ahs from, from people who don't really, aren't really students of the game or serious fans, I'll say it that way. But everybody knew who John Stockton and Carl Malone were. Right. I mean, they were on the dream team. You know, everybody knew them. I know that. But, you know, there are, like, Isaiah Thomas fans, for example, all over the country. You know, you're, you and PK are in, are I, in I, love I, with magic. I mean. I, well, Isaiah Thomas, he was probably less liked than either one of the jazz greats that you just talked about. Uh, maybe. Maybe you have an interesting case because that team was so disliked, right? So anyway, I, I I don't know, but that's interesting discussion. Do and does that bleed over into other parts of the of the equation? Like for instance, uh, the way referees call games. Uh, you know how 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 in depth does that go? I I don't know. And by the uh, way, aren't, aren't you the guy who wrote when Hollywood comes to Hooterville? You know exactly what I'm talking about here. No, as I have tried to explain to you a thousand times. That is the way the folks down there were viewing that's the folks up here. That's not how you wrote it. Yes, you but forget that's the that way. we read it. We can read. <laughs> that's the way it was meant. Well, you Be- said it was like Hollywood came to Hooterville. Because that's the way they view it. That's the way you view it. You wrote it. No, it's not the way I view it. I was making fun of the way the people down there view it. But either way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> because you wrote about it. Yeah, but that's that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it, uh, you know, that's just the way Laker fans It's tougher are to get that. attention in Hooterville, Gordon. I don't think that's a real controversial <laughs> opinion. Okay. You got me there. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, Bowler is going to join us coming up right around the corner. It is a, a game day. So usually Bowler <laughs> right there in uh, the 5 o'clock hour. Going to be a little earlier today. Because Ask of, Bowler if he likes Hooterville. I don't know. More next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. I, I've got a theory for you about the, the signature mystery. Uh-huh. You think it was just some dude who happened to be at the gym and uh, a little girl came up and said, can I have your autograph, thinking it was a basketball player, and the guy's just like, well, yeah, sure. So it was just some random some random bro who might just happen to have been tall or something? <laughs> I, I don't think so. No? Although I just looked up a few of uh, Maurice Williams' signatures uh, on, on our autographs, and one of them, I, I thought we were on to something, there was a 51 after the name, but it, it turns out that this says it's Mark. Oh, no, it says Maurice Williams. I, oh, wait, this is Mark Williams. I, I don't know. We're just chasing all kinds of. Uh, Ryan tweets at us and suggests Natalie Williams, WNBA. Austin was thinking about that, too. It would be a little bit late in our time frame because with her age, we're looking at probably early to mid-90s. 
And the stars didn't come around until 97. So that might be something. But I don't think Natalie Williams' number was 51, although we've had trouble tracking that down. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I've been – Austin's got me on this uh, – this We're trying to figure song. it out. Uh, go to at Jake Scott Zone if you're just joining us. The mystery uh, – I my, my friend Sarah – found a, a basketball from her youth, her junior jazz days. It's signed by three people, John Stockton, Carl Malone, and whoever this is, and we can't figure it out. And it's not Michael Ruffin. Everybody keeps text or uh, tweeting in Michael Ruffin because he wore the number 51. But he didn't play on the jazz until 2004. Yeah. And, in fact, when did John and Carl leave? Was that 03? Oh, it was, it was before that. I think didn't Stockton leave? Was it two thousand? Uh, really 2000. quick. David so. says if it was ninety three, signed by John and Carl, then the natural third signature would be Mark Eaton, and the fifty one is actually a fifty three. There's no chance. I don't yeah. think so. Though. I don't think so. Either. Not to uh, discount that that tweet. But. Let's uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, the television voice of uh, the Utah Jazz, the one, the only Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Jay Gordello, how are you? Good, Bowler. I've, I've got a homework assignment for you. Um, it, it, when we're done, uh, you need to log on to my Twitter, if you would, and, and check out the picture I've got posted of a basketball with an autograph on it. We cannot, okay. we cannot figure out who it is. It's mine. <laughs> it might be. Bowler. No, Bowler. Bowler. Uh, you need no. to do it. He needs to do it right now. He needs to do it right now. Uh, well, put, hold on. Can I put you on here? Because I'm going to go down here. I, I, is that okay? You got yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we got you. Yeah, okay. we, we need to see. Because Bowler was around for all that. He might be let able me, to uh, Let me go to Twitter. Something. I got Jake here. Let me see here. Um, Austin also said he could DM it to you. But we cannot. So, my, just to give you the background on this, my friend Sarah, uh, she's uh, she's doing a little bit of spring cleaning at her mom's house. Found a basketball that has three autographs on it. It's got John's, John Stockton, Carl Malone, and this third one. She got it from a junior jazz event back in the early to mid nineties. So that's okay. the, that's I got the it right here. Okay, fifty one. Wow. That's a signature right there. <laughs> we can't. We cannot figure out who it is for the life of um, us. It's a tough one. Was there a mascot on hand that day that may have signed this? <laughs> What's it? That might and have the been, gloves kind of uh, got in the way. That might have been pre-bear. I don't know. You know that that really is an interesting signature, man. I'm thinking of. Uh, you know what? I've got my press guide here. Uh, See, the, gonna, do they have all-time numbers here? Yeah, so very few jazz players have ever worn 51. There was a player in 1980, and then the next one was Michael Ruffin, who played in 2004, and that would be too late for our, our time frame here. Right. Um, well, that's crazy, guys. I, I just wonder, they weren't by chance with another player at that time that was in town. I mean, um, golly, that is really cryptic, you know? <laughs> We're stumped, we, th- we think it looks like a, uh, the first one looks like an M and the, and the second one looks like a W. Wouldn't you agree? 
you know what? Is there any possible way that's Luther right? Hmm. Luther right. What does Luther have a first name we don't know about? That's not Luther. That looks like an M. I, I'm yeah, trying to decide if like that can L. if that can be an L. Could be an N, uh, maybe. Um, I'm looking. It has almost like Wilkes. Uh, w. Yeah. Yeah. W I L K S. Was it Dominique Wilkins? He was drafted by the Jazz. Yeah. No, I don't think so. with a period on top. That's kind of interesting. Well, I'd say what put Jazz Nation will figure this out because that is, that's a great, you know, that is a great almost like you need the FBI guys to come in and uh, dust it for fingerprints too. Because doesn't it look like an M A K, <laughs> and then with a dot? <laughs> I know Jamal Wilkes, but that's not it. I mean, that is crazy. Yeah, we're figuring. I the best I can figure is is uh, maybe it was you know like during training camp or something, and there was somebody on the roster who could have easily been right. You know what? If it was early, they could have had a a second rounder or something of that nature. I'm just looking through here, and um, sure the heck wasn't B. Russ, Jamie Watson. Somebody brought up Jamie Watson. No, that was he was a ninety-four second round pick. So he, if that's ninety-three, uh, that would not have been it. Uh, was it be, would Isaac Austin? Um, no, no. Walt Palmer. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Meta world so, peace. Metaworld. So, Bowler, do me a favor and and ask around tonight. See if we can figure out who this exactly is. Uh, wait a second. Alexander Radojevic played for the Utah Jazz Award number 51? Not till 2005, though. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a dude that was on the roster in 93 named Aaron Williams, but that's definitely not an Aaron. Nope. Nope. Um... <laughs> All right. We, we, we should get, just... to, get to the game. But, Bowler, uh, if you, if you, no, you, know if what? you I can think of it, let me know. It's... It's it's something I love doing. I like I like you know looking up stuff that you just think what, and uh, I, I got to be honest. Most athlete signatures are impossible to to read. I mean, I've watched Matt Harpering do his thing within like one you know a tenth of a second. Bang bang, it's done. It's like an M and maybe a half of an H, and he's done. <laughs> I mean, it's that's it. Uh, so. Um, autographs by most athletes are impossible to read, but at least this is at least a little clear, but the number really throws you off. Mm. Why 51, mm. you know? Bowler, let's talk about tonight's game, uh, revenge game. In fact, the, yeah. the Knicks are the Jazz' last loss. Uh, Rudy yesterday was pretty funny. He credited the Knicks for this eight-game <laughs> win streak. What are, you, yeah. what are you looking for going into tonight's rematch? Well, I think this team, obviously, you know, there's always a, a point in a season where you say, where did, where did it turn around? And the obvious the obvious point in time, you have to point to, you know, January 6th. Um, and that's when Rudy himself and Mike Conley both mentioned that they realized that game was actually a win in some ways because it, and that, it was an interesting concept by Rudy because he said, look, we then knew the team we were going to be. And if that's the kickoff or the starting point, so be it, because they have been one of the most dominant teams in the NBA in multiple categories, um, margin of victory, uh, three-pointers made, uh, points allowed, just barely 102 uh, over the last eight. So 
whatever happened in New York, uh, and I remember, you know, calling the game that night, uh, it was, uh, you know, an absolute dominating, dominating early performance. And then what was an 18-point lead turned out to be a 12-point loss. The second half, the Jazz totally just laid an egg. I mean, to make it real simple, but Austin, there's three players to watch for tonight, in my opinion. Austin Rivers has always had it for the Jazz. He's he's had tremendous, a tremendous run of productivity uh, when he plays Utah. Julius Randle is really a legit player. He's finally developed into what people thought he would be with the Lakers. And it looks like he's found a home with Tom Thibodeau and is really a dominant player, double-double guy, can you know find the open guy with assist as well. So he'd be on my list. And then you have to look at uh, what uh, the, the point guard situation with Alfred Payton. Um, you know, those three really dominated the game, but it was Austin Rivers that pretty much did the jazz in in that fourth quarter, scoring I think it was like 14 of the last – or outscore the Jazz 14-4 or 14-5, something of that number. And it was just like, wow. It was just one bucket after another came in a wave. But, yeah, I think the Jazz definitely have this game on their mind. Uh, and they are continuing to, you know, harbor some ill feelings from Shaq's comments. Now, they won't say it publicly, but look, it still gnaws at you when he doubled down, I guess, yesterday. And, you know, Shaq's got something. Uh, with with the Jazz, that's fine. That could be a total motivator, and that's great uh, for the fan base and for the Jazz. And you know, Donovan has played at a high high level. Uh, no matter what you want to say or how you break it down during the eight games, Mike Conley maybe has been the most consistent throughout. And Jordan Clarkson, of course, off the bench has been dynamic. So this team is fun to watch, and this should be an interesting matchup tonight. Uh, New York kind of fell apart, by the way. Total polar opposites. The Jazz have gone eight in a row. And New York has lost seven of ten since that win at Madison Square Garden. Fuller, what do you think has been the key to the Jazz's improved defense? Um, well, you know, even Clarkson said in his comments a couple of days ago, and he talked again today. But it's and Mike Conley actually mentioned this. Uh, you know, I get lost in my Zoom calls, but there's you know there's so many differing opinions, but. I think they finally realize that they don't overplay, that they still have Gobert, and they're able to switch. It seems to me that the whatever the vocal cues are on the floor, that they're in the right place at the right time. Help the helper. You know, you can use all the cliches you want, but I just see rotating to you know to different spots, and the guy, you know, Royce O'Neal will jump out perimeter while Conley then you know will ease back or vice versa. Rudy actually comes out, defends the three-point line, can roll back into the paint. It just seems like a, a everything works. The communication works. And everybody has, you know, the sixth sense of where I'm supposed to be and you're going to be there. Good. I can go get my guy and feel confident that I'm making the right move. Uh, that wasn't the case when a lot of times guys were looking at one another in the four-and-four four start. And that was maybe the biggest surprise on the road, those two games in Brooklyn and in New York, that you thought, this team knows each other so well. That's one reason why they brought everybody back pretty much intact and adding Derek Favors, who already knew the system. Uh, and I think that was a little bit of a surprise. But, man, uh, they fixed it. And so far, it's one of the most uh, efficient defenses and offenses that I've seen. It's the most balanced I've seen the Jazz play in a long time. 
You know, Bowler, it, it seems to me like the, the bench is a big part of the success as well. And Derek Favors was kind of an under-talked-about acquisition um, in the offseason for the Jazz. Didn't get a lot of uh, national buzz. But with them being healthy, which means Joe Ingles go, uh, comes off the bench, addition of Derek Favors and the addition of Jordan Clarkson last year, it's pretty yeah. amazing how they went to from the bench killing them to the best bench in the league. Yeah. They did that in a short in a short time frame. Well, Clarkson is a driven player, Jake, as you know, and he, he's he's nearly you know eighteen points a night, and of course he wants uh, accolades uh, down the end of the season if he can you know produce and help the Jazz win at high levels. Of course, as a sixth man, I don't think there's anybody playing any better right now. Obviously, all the way around, three point shot, his defense is picked up, which I think is another part of that equation we spoke of earlier that he actually feels like he's been pushed by Quinn Snyder to be a better defender. And I think he's put work into that as much as he can during this uh, lack of practice and shoot arounds. But, you know, even throwing George Niang a little bit here during this eight game one streak as well. Um, horrific start started to meditate. You know, he, he, he kind of made fun of it, but in reality, I think it was something that he decided to relax and get out of his head a little bit and listened to some music, and he all of a sudden he started hitting one or two threes. And, you know, his game has slowly gotten better during these last eight games. And, you know, I'm looking at his last six. Uh, one of the, you know, just little note I, I wrote down on my chart tonight, he's averaging 10. Doesn't sound much, but you know what? Off the bench in, in, in limited minutes, it is. It's a big spark, and he's 44% from three. So you get Niang grooved in, and you get Joe, who's played incredibly well since he took rest for the Achilles, uh, throwing Clarkson in the defensive faves and some easy buckets off those, off those offensive rebounds. You've got yourself a pretty dynamic uh, foursome off the bench, and they blend them, by the way, with the rest of the starters. It's pretty dynamic nine, I, I will say. Well, what do you think the mindset of this team is? Are they thinking? What are they thinking? How good do they think they are? What's the overall attitude? Well, I know they think they're good, and I think we've seen that they can be very good. Um, you know, you, you you led Golden State by 40. I mean, they have, they've really dominated some teams of the late. And yeah, they let the, uh, the, the, the young rookies come in, and, of course, the Warriors are going to make up a lot of ground. The Jazz still won by 19 against Steph Curry and company, but – uh, I'm even intrigued with a couple of young guys. I mean, you know, Doke, uh, Yudoka Azabuki uh, has had, you know, a few minutes, but still there's there's glimmers, along with Mie Aoni, uh and, and Shaq uh, Harrison. You know, they brought him in for defense. So there's there's even some depth here that you can talk about with this team. But I, I really believe, now, you know, others may not, uh, but look, the Lakers are good. LeBron, as long as he's in this league with Anthony Davis, that's a dynamic team themselves. Uh, and the Clippers, I'm still kind of, yeah, the record looks good, but what's the chemistry truly going to be after 72 with Kawhi and, uh, and Paul George? The Jazz are right there. They're knocking on the door. And even Steve Kerr said that he feels like this Jazz team is the, is the, the Warriors of four or five years ago. And you know where they, they went from there. So, you know, Shaq may not believe it's that good, or there's a couple of players he doesn't believe in. But I think the rest of the league is in is is, is always felt the Jazz were on the brink, the cusp of, of making the next move. And you have to be careful here. I mean, it's only 16 games going on 17 games in, 
but it gives you a flavor what the Jazz possibly can do and where they can be at the end of the year. It's amazing how well it's clicking for Mike Conley in particular, Bowler. He's if you look mm. at you know plus minus isn't a perfect stat, but he's got the best plus minus in the entire league right now. And one eighty eight. It's amazing. Wow. What, what's going so right for him? That is that is outrageous, guys. I mean, one eighty eight uh, on a plus minus scale, and I think uh, Conley's in the top four, I believe, as well. So um it, it's you know what i think it is jake it sounds real easy or real it's an easy answer but i think everyone really believed mike was going to hit the ground running here just because of his veteran you know savvy and the way he ran the memphis grizzlies but running the jazz is a totally different machine because of gasol versus gobert we've heard the pick and pop now we hear pick and roll and i think that it was a little overwhelming for Conley, he's talked about it. I like the fact that he has, and he's become even. You know what I found, Gordon and Jake, is that even in his 14th year, he's gotten better as a player, and it's the system that he finally understands that he doesn't have the ball in his hands every possession. Where he shares it with Donovan, where he sees Clarkson or Joe bring the ball up, and he that means that he understands now he doesn't have to be on the ball. He can play off the ball. He has better looks at three. He still has good looks assisting teammates. You know, he's at six a game. I, I just think finally he's healthy and his mind's right. And I know that you think, oh, heck, man, he's a vet. He should have gotten it the minute he dropped in here. But I say 12 years of the same habit, night after night, it takes a while, I think, to break it. And he said it himself. You know, Quinn Snyder believed in him. And even though there were doubters, uh, he didn't ever – not believe in himself as a professional, and I think he's playing some great basketball right now. In spite of all the hubbub about what Shaq had said about Donovan Mitchell, do you think that he is at the point now, Bowler, where he reads a game and he he uh, deciphers what it is he thinks his team needs him to do at any particular moment? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I do, and I still think sometimes he maybe isn't as aggressive as he should be early. Uh, but, you know, he's made a statement, Jake and Gordon, you've heard the same thing I have, that, you know, he wants to be more team-oriented. He wants to make sure he gets his teammates involved. And, again, that's some of the criticism that, you know, the guys in the studio were giving him because, you know, does he share the ball enough? Is he dynamic enough? Well, look, my philosophy is when he scores 24 a game and sometimes he's had already 13 games of 20 or more, and 330 games or more. Look, when you're scoring at that rate and you still have two defenders jumping out trying to stop you perimeter or, or crowding the paint so he can't break through, somebody's open. And that's why the Jazz are knocking down 17 threes a game and shooting 40%. That's the other part, I think, of the equation of why the Jazz are so dominant shooting three is because they have open shots and they do look for the, for the, uh, the extra pass. But Donovan's part of the whole equation, right? Because he's so good offensively that he still brings defenders to him, which means someone's open, which allows them to either take the shot or make the extra pass. And then the rotation of passing continues on the perimeter. So, look, uh, I I look at Donovan's numbers, and and you still have to realize the guy's 24-plus a game, five assists and four rebounds. Um, You know? It's uh, it's hard to get a rebound on that floor, by the way, with a Royce O'Neal and a Rudy Gobert that have that are like vacuums, and then you get a 
uh, Derek Favors on the floor as well, who who has big mitts and, and he really lets anything go off the rim himself. So, you know, I think rebounds are tough are a tough thing to grab uh, for a guard in this league. But I'm not making excuses for Donovan. Look, he's he's 24, just started his fourth year. And I'm, I'm a true believer. We still haven't seen the highlight, the the, the, the level that I think he's still going to get at. Uh, you know, a couple, three more points a game, more free throw attempts. Uh, I still think he can probably grab a few more rebounds. He's admitted that. And um, I, I think it's the ceiling is still there for him to, to reach. And I love watching him play. I really do. Bowler, thank you very much. Have a great call tonight. Hey, guys, appreciate you. Hopefully one day I can jump back in studio and say hello. Absolutely, Bowler. Thanks, buddy. There you go. The great Craig Bowlerjack joins us uh, each and every Tuesday here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, we've got another edition, of course, of Austin's List. We've got a uh, market update as well. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, our NFL insider, Matt Williamson, is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, We've got Austin's list to get to, of course. But first, it's time to get to a market update brought to you by the good folks at TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how'd the markets do today? They were marginally off. I mean, the Dow was down almost 23 points. Nothing. What kind of cockadoodie is this? (laughs) Okay. The Nasdaq uh, down uh, uh, almost ten points. Bah, with a bah, a bang, a bang, diggy, diggy. Okay. And the S and P down. Uh, let's see, about five, uh, a fraction over five points. What is wrong with you all? I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> Not a good day. I like the drops. They, they are going to spice this segment up something fierce. I like it. All right. Uh, the market update brought to you by friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Let's get to Austin's list. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, our producer Austin Horton has an enemies list, and uh, people go on it all the time, including today. Who are we putting on there today? You know, I, I'm going to amend it today. It's not not really an enemies list today, but a rather uh, good thing this turned out well. Otherwise, you'd be on a, a worse list. A, uh, a father and mother in, I believe this was in Florida. Uh, I, I, anyway, the dad came home in the middle of the night from work. Yeah, it was in Jacksonville. He came home in the middle of the night from work. He saw his wife and two of their three children asleep in bed. But the third child was nowhere to be found. Whoa. And so he, uh, you know, woke everyone up, said, where's so-and-so? He's not here. And they it launched this big, uh, you know, amber alerts and, and road stoppages. And they were checkpoints where right. they were searching every car. That, and the next morning he was found at the park chasing the ducks. He had just gone out all night 
and was just being a, a, a seven-year-old or nine-year-old chasing ducks all night at the park. Okay. <laughs> so he was well, he was fine, he was healthy, he was happy. He Thank goodness for that. Snuck out of the house. Don't let your kid go out at night uh, chasing ducks. Yeah. Bad decision. Well, did they decide to let the kid go out chasing ducks? No, but I don't know. Uh, you know, as a parent of a small child who will do anything she possibly can to put herself in danger, it's my job to make sure she doesn't do that. So what, uh, shackle to the bed then? If he's the type <laughs> of child that goes chasing ducks in the middle of the night and launches FBI investigations and road stoppages and road checks and, and unwarranted searches of property, then yeah, maybe he perhaps needs a padlock on the other side of the door. All right. Now, uh, I don't know very many kids at one point or another in their growing up years, especially the later years, that don't sneak out at one point or another. To chase ducks? Yeah, nine's a little early for that. That's that's a teenager thing, right? No, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Did you ever so. did you ever bust one of the gals trying to sneak out? Oh, I've just heard stories that I was unaware of mostly. Ah, I see. I, I see. Mm-hmm. You're so a heavy sleeper, are you? Didn't didn't catch him in the act. <laughs> uh not 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 very often maybe on a couple of occasions but uh, i've since learned that there were there were more shenanigans going on but not at age 9 no well and this was back in the day before you discovered sound sleep medical and when uh, you know when the buzz saw's going maybe you don't you don't hear the <laughs> you don't, don't hear the sneak out of the door thing the neighbors yeah. kids were able to sneak out back then without their parents hearing things to go You're right yeah nice the uh-huh. lumberyard next door <laughs> still, is there a sawmill on the road here? Still one of the best stories PK ever uh, has told is when you and Jay Drew had to share a hotel room on the road and you both called PK the next day to complain about the other one snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. Uh, well, I definitely plead guilty to that. Uh, hey, that's why uh, Sound Sleep's amazing, man. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And Knock that snoring out. Don't uh, Don't put up with that anymore. Check out Sound Sleep Medical. Amazing. It's a game changer. Here, here. Yeah. Here, here. All right. We'll have uh, Matt Williamson talking ugh, the Super Bowl coming up next. <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.